0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of PSG Talking, the first podcast devoted to Paris Saint-Germain in English. On today's episode, recorded on Tuesday, December 3rd, we discussed the draw against Real Madrid now that the dust has settled and we've had time to calm down from that VAR decision. Was benching Neymar the right decision? How good was Keeler Navas' superhuman performance? Who do we think PSG will draw in a knockout phase? Plus, we talk potential transfer targets in January. I'm your host, Ed, and joining me is fellow PSG Talk contributors, Guillaume and Jose Espinosa. This is PSG Talking. Guys, hope you had a nice Thanksgiving break. We had a little bit of a hiatus there. Uh, it's been a while since we recorded, but glad to have you. Uh, let's do introductions. Guillaume, how are you doing?
2: Uh, yeah, it's been a good break. From uh, from football and other things, Thanksgiving uh, for the non-Americans is very important here in, in the US, and I've adopted this holiday and it's a great family time. So uh, it was a good break, but good to talk about football and yes. watch football again.
1: Yeah, well, we did have a little bit of a, a break. We we're supposed to have a game yesterday, but it was postponed against Monaco. But uh, Kosei, how are you? Did you have a good break?
0: Hi, how you doing? Um, yes, I had a Fabulous break, lots of food, friends and family, long long weekend, and that's always something good. So I'm just happy to be back and ready to talk about some PSG.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's just jump right into it. We're only going to talk about one match, the match that pretty much everyone cares about, and that's PSG versus Real Madrid it ended 2-2. Kareem Benzema put the host up 2-0 late in the game, and I think I even tweeted, game's over, no chance. And then in the span yeah, of, yeah, in the span of like two minutes, it. we came back. So never give up on this team. So before we get into the player performances and lineups and all that, what are your overall impressions of this game? We'll go with Kose first.
0: Um, I honestly, by the end of the of the final whistle, I had a whole set of things that I was taking away from the match, um, from positives to negatives. Um, like you said it yourself, by minute 80th, it looked like we weren't going to walk away with anything. Um, I really thought PSG looked uh, very sluggish in a lot of the points in the match. Um, Real Madrid were winning a lot more of the second balls. They seemed like they had more intent. Um, and honestly, for me, it was more of like just watching PSG struggle to cope defensively throughout the whole game. Um, and And, you know... Navas just pulling, you know, stunner after stunner, uh, save after save. Um, But overall, um, when you extract yourself from, uh, you know, the in-game situation and look at the result and look at what it means and look at how PSG managed to play the whole match, um, I think the result was pretty positive. Getting a draw away from home in a very hard stadium um, against a team that wanted to get the win uh, and that almost got it and we, we did not let them. Guillaume, overall thoughts on this game?
2: I'm still, um, I'm still unsure. I'm still unsure. Uh, it was a roller coaster, but um, it's been discussed uh, a lot in in the French media, uh, online in the podcasts, and um, people have very different opinions. Um, at the end, also, well, I'm, I'm coming together with an answer <laughs> with an answer, I think um, Mostly positive, despite the fact that they, um, they grabbed us by the head and put the head in the sink and opened the faucet for 80, 80 minutes. Um, and, and you heard people praising Madrid for all incredible. Uh, they, were, they were incredible. Yeah. Thing is, when you're incredible, you're incredible till the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So they were incredible until they were not. And normally, it's enough to beat Paris Saint-Germain when you play like this. You're going to break them, tame them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Not this time. Show me in the history of, of uh, this ownership of Paris Saint-Germain A game where we were dominated like this in the Champions League by a top team where we did not give up. We did not give up, despite being shredded to pieces for 80 minutes. Watch again the second goal. Look how they are all going 120% on this. Mm -hmm. Neymar is going 120%. Sarabia is going. Uh, uh, Everybody up front forming a beautiful line, playing 120% at the 83rd minute of the game and scoring this gorgeous goal, incredible goal at the 82nd minute. We've never done this before. There's no co- it's not like, oh, it's luck. No, 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 no luck. We're starting to have a little bit of experience of these games. We've learned about our mistakes we're going to talk for an hour about the mistakes we made and why and how and what can we do about it. But we reacted, we believed, and we got a result. This is huge. And if you, if you listen to the, the whiners in the French media, and excuse me, Culture uh, uh, PSG, but damn you for your <laughs> negative uh, take on this game. This is huge. We've never really done this before. Of course, there's always, it's not luck, it's like the dynamics, the, the, the vibes of a game. They change, they always change. There's stories within a game, and normally the stories end up being negative and against us. This time, not, because we kept believing. And for me, this is huge. So yeah, let's talk about you know, yeah. the, the, the problems we had, and why, and oh my God, we should have these problems. Sure, at the end... We got this result, and I don't think um, we could have gotten this result without believing. And we've been talking all these years about the lack of belief. Well, there you go, 2-2 in Madrid, Bernabeu.
1: Absolutely, and and when you look at the result, I mean, we beat them 3-0 at home. Real Madrid had so much more to prove. It was in their building, and I thought that they came out with way more to prove than PSG did. Um, And they they kind of had a PSG uh, performance where they came out, blew us off the pitch, and then fell apart at the end. And I don't think enough has been said about what they did. I think what they did is a lot more telling than what PSG did. I mean, they just went out there and in two minutes, tied the game up, and and, and went out of Madrid and stole a draw. So I thought that was an incredible performance. I would echo everything that you said. I think people who are being negative, sure, you could be negative, but when you look, I think Mark Damon made this point on aggregate, We beat them and we beat them soundly, and that's what you have to look at—the whole picture, home and away. How many goals did you score? How many goals did you let in? And PSG were by far the better team over two games. So um, we'll just yeah, absolutely. So we'll just keep it moving here, Um, Guillaume. You kind of touched on this, but did this performance from PSG make you worried about the knockout phase, or give you hope? Both, both. Okay.
2: (laughs) How so? Um. So. We know, despite what the officials at the club are saying, that the whole the whole organization is banking on the Champions League this season. Mm-hmm. Not like they think they can win it, even if not impossible, probably not. But go past quarter finals, reach the semis, it's critical. Um, Mbappe, Neymar. We're not going to be able to hold on these guys for much, much more. So, we got the utility players. Uh, Hopefully, there's a little amount of money left for the winter transfer window. This is the year. My point is that all the Madrid game, you know, mathematically was not important. No, (laughs) every Champions League game, the club is like, all right, you guys are back on, And we saw how dominated we were and how under, underwhelming we were. Um, I'm worried because I think physically the team is in red. Um, despite that, we didn't have the midfield to counter Madrid's um, incredible high level of, of passing mm-hmm. and moving that night. Even even with a, a, a gay at 120% and, and, and Marquinhos at 120%, I think we would have suffered a lot because we didn't have the player to counter that. They run empty. They run like headless chickens the <laughs> whole game. Where's the ball, the ball, where's the ball, where's the ball. Um, but you could tell when we had the ball, we, di- we, we lacked drive, energy. A lot of a lot of things which normally we don't. Veratti was wasn't wasn't doing great. Nobody was really doing great, and I think physically the team is really struggling. Why? I'm I'm not sure. You it, would uh, you have yeah. you have to be on on, uh, on on a training pitch every day and see what's what's up. So I'm worried about that. Uh, we had many injuries. A lot of players are coming back from injury. Truexell um, never 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 had his whole team. Mm um to to train with he was saying yesterday my god we had 23 players for training it was incredible first time so there's a lot there's a lot Mm -hmm. going on physically um we've noticed that we've been since marseille we haven't been playing really well and i think they're in a ditch so that's worrying but maybe it's it's probably only temporary yeah. But it, so he would have helped. He would have helped to be physically, of course, a bit more. Yeah. And like, where was the Maria? But um, so that's worrying. What's not is no. we reacted. We believe in ourselves more than we ever have. Yeah,
1: that's the most important thing there. And, and to talk about your point about just the fatigue in the squad, you know, Varadi wasn't in the squad, I don't believe, for the match against Monaco before it was postponed. And I saw today that he still is struggling in training or didn't even appear at all. So it's kind of curious that he was played against Real Madrid, coming off of the international break, um, which he didn't participate in, but still, he something's going on there with his, I think it's his right knee, so he, he's not great, and um, yeah, we our midfield was just overrun.
2: Kose. So injured again.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, Kose, hope, or are you a little bit pessimistic uh, given this result?
0: Um, well, I I will always have the greatest of hopes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. But, um, I do, I do agree with almost everything um, Guillaume said. I think that um, the biggest, uh, most, most telling point in the whole field was the fact that physically our team wasn't up to par. Mm-hmm. Um, Verratti really couldn't establish himself like he's done in Champions League games before. Um, I felt like we didn't really have a clear way of playing out, of, of being uh, more dangerous creatively with the ball. Um, we were playing a lot too, you know, to waiting for the, for the mistake, waiting for the, for the, the, the misstep that Madrid would, would have. And I think that's what we did until the end, which is why we were able to pull the draw. Um, so I guess in that sense, I also agree with Guillaume. I think that is my side of hope into, you know, we had a very similar situation with Liverpool last year. 2-0 down, sluggish performance, out of nothing, managed to equalize, um, and then we ended up just giving the last goal at the last minute, um, which is something that I thought we were going to do this time as well, but, um, you know, we, we kept it in. Uh, we got a little bit lucky with that bail post in the end, um, <laughs> but which, yeah, got me really nervous. Yeah. But um, I, I, I still think that there's a lot of positives we can take. Um, I'm just sad that... A, Paredes hasn't gotten any time. I know that there's obviously a huge um, you know, division on whether he should be participating or not. I just personally rate him very highly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if to start against Real Madrid, but I think that if he would have been given a bigger role throughout the season, maybe the stress on our other midfielders wouldn't be as high. Maybe Herrera would have been fit. Um, maybe Verratti would have been uh, as pressed to come back. And I also think that even though um, Ghana was a liability in our midfield and his one-touch passing was not working, he couldn't uh, get a good touch of the ball, he was getting dispossessed all the time, I do think he was a lot more helpful than when he was taken off because that just completely divided the team. um, And I felt like it even hindered our chances more of trying to build something uh, from the midfield because I would say that the best period PSG played at, um, you know, barring the last 10 minutes was probably towards the end of the first half mm-hmm. uh, when we finally started seeing chances and and touches and plays from PSG. Um, and I think that that's, that defensive solidity came from the fact that even though Ghana and Marquinhos, like Guillaume said, were not having a great game, um, they, were, they were being present and they were, you know, forcing the Madrid midfield to reshuffle and rethink and retry. Um, and then when, just when he was taken off, I feel like we, we, couldn't, we couldn't do that anymore. Um, anyway, that's just one of my point of views. But I do think that if we manage to fix our, our physical issues, um, maybe establish a more consistent, clear rotation, um, we, we, we could be much more prepared to face whatever team we have to face in the next stage.
1: Absolutely. You know, as fans, I always like to think, you know, try to be positive. I think this is always something, you know, getting a draw at Real Madrid should always be seen as a positive. Um, it, it kind of pushes back the narrative that, oh, here goes PSG on the road in a big game and they just don't perform well. And so I think not having to listen to that will help this team going forward. So I think it, nothing but positives. Yeah, we got ran off the pitch, but we're fatigued. You know, we're still figuring out what our lineup is. We have a lot of new players. So I'm going to take this as a positive and something that we can build off of. How many, how many other games can we point to and say, hey, we were down two goals on the road against a big team and came back? It's really not a whole bunch. So I'm going to use this as a positive. Now, leading into the match, there was a huge talking point. My lineup prediction had four attacking players. Icardi, Neymar, Di Maria, and Mbappé. Tuchel said, not going to happen, and bench Neymar. And that was what everyone was talking about. That was the main talking point. Um, After the match, he kind of used Neymar's injury as a crutch as the reason why he didn't start. But I think that he just doesn't believe that the squad is balanced enough with four attacking players. So I want to know from you guys, do you agree with his decision to bench Neymar? And moving forward, if you believe that Tuchel doesn't think that four attacking players is the way to go, who sits? So we'll open that up. We'll go with Guillaume first.
2: Um, it was the right thing to do based on the, the, the form of everybody. So Mbappé was sort of coming back in forth from injury, but he had a lot more playtime before the Madrid game than Neymar, who had 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so based on that, Yes, it was the right thing to do, based on also the fact that, no, you cannot have four attacking players against Madrid. Um, look what they've done to us. Their one-touch passing in midfield with Isco. Isco killed us again. Mm-hmm. He always does. We can't cope with their mobility and their one-touch passing in midfield. And Madrid has... It's so difficult to counter them. They have, they have tens everywhere. Marcelo mm-hmm. can play as a ten. Cross is kind of a ten. Benzema is kind of a ten. Isco is kind of a ten. Hazard is kind of a ten. What do you do? So you were talking about gay gay was on cross. You have to start trying to dismiss the Madrid mechanism somewhere. so gay was high up on 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 cross and 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 Verati uh, was going back and forth. he was trying to be a ten, he was trying to be a eight, he was trying to be a six. My God, poor poor guy was over the, all, all, all over the place. you 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 have you have Neymar instead of one of the three in the midfield. I mean, we're leaking all over the place. Uh, so he, we we couldn't do this. I think I was surprised by the I'm drifting away a bit from your question. the 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 way toha set up the team tactically it's, it was like a middle block. Mm-hmm. no high. We noticed no high pressing, as we've done this in previous games in the Champions League, and no low positioning. We know that we we can't take this anymore as PSG fans. So the medium block was like, oh, my God, what are we doing? But it made sense because Madrid overloads you, especially when Isco is there. So if you have a high press, pressing, they're going mm-hmm. to they, they pass the ball too well. They're going to go around you, and then you have Hazard and Benzema. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in one-on-one mm-hmm. against, against our central defense. We're dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that... I felt like he knew exactly the strength of, and weaknesses of... few weaknesses of Madrid. Mm-hmm. And with the players he had, he did the right setup. Hard to say that when you've been tortured for 80 minutes by, by this team, but... What else he could have done? I mean, that was... So, starting Neymar on the bench, yes. And... Um, I'll, I'll, I don't know if it's me. I, I'm not saying that I'm right, but mm-hmm. I've watched the game a few times. I was terrifying during the first half, not because they had the ball, Madrid, mm-hmm. and they were, they were so scary running through our midfield and passing at the right time to the right guy. I was terrified because when we had the ball, we had no idea what to do with it. Gay didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Marquinhos with the ball, it's not his strength. And, and then, so we rely on Verati. This is Madrid. They, they were never unbalanced power-passing game in the first half. Only the first 10 minutes we saw, we saw you know, by the, the right wing and, and like Gay high up and, and Meunier coming in the channel, freeing up Mbappe, that created something. And then that also created the second goal the first goal, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the second half. But I was terrified by the fact that we couldn't do anything <laughs> with the ball. Solution, Neymar. Yes. Neymar, you take Gay off, not Verati, because now you have the link Gay-Neymar. ADM um, Di Maia comes in, and also that's what you saw in the second half. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, in a small uh, portion of the pitch, you see Verati. To Di Maria to Neymar back to there's some passing going on here and then there's a small block moving and Neymar would 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 of course attract pressure from Madrid and despite the fact that he was at what 50% physically he still had that acceleration he was able to box to box and pass which we were completely unable to do as every freaking Madrid player was able to do it Kroos was able to do it Valverde teared us apart uh, uh, overloaded the first goal it's val- look, look what they did um, um, Isco, my god so Madrid was able to run and pass run and pass, run and pass, we couldn't do this we could run, we could pass we couldn't run and pass Neymar changed this completely and they, yeah, of course he lost a lot of balls mm-hmm. and here we are back to Madrid with possession running at us, but we saw that the whole first half so we lost even bit mo- more defensive abilities with gay going off letting cross a uh, cross sorry of uh, uh, you know do his things but when we had the ball suddenly it didn't work all the time and and neymar again lost a lot of balls he does that mm-hmm. but you would see a block moving with neymar a bit now now mbappe knows neymar is there neymar is attracting pressure he can dri- dribble past one guy pass through another guy and slowly that changed the whole dynamic for Paris. Neymar made us believe something's happening. It was risky. Um, long story short, Chagel got it, got it right.
1: Yeah. Um, hallelujah. I think he, he got it I was mostly just kind of dreaming, you know, because I thought, you know, it's not the end of the world if we lose this game. So I just wanted to see what would happen if we went with four attacking players. But I think when you saw Neymar come in. And it what has he
2: was a massacre, that's what we- <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're probably right. But I wonder, I just, I was curious what it looked like, but after seeing their performance, I think that Neymar, if he's healthy, has to be started. And I think D is the person who comes off the bench. Kose, do you agree with that? What did you see? Did you agree with the decision to bench Neymar?
0: Um, I love this conversation because <laughs> right, right before the game, I was like, all right. Um, Well, actually, not right before the game, but right before the rumors that Neymar would be benched started. I was like, all right, let's do this. Jurati's injured, four attacking players, let's go. Um, Double pivot, we're going to make it work. Um, And then I have to agree with what Guillaume said. After the first 15, 20 minutes of the match, I was, thank God we didn't (laughs) go with four attacking players because it looked like we didn't even know how to defend. Like, our, our, our fullbacks were having worst performances I've seen, at least from Munir, mm-hmm. he was having a nightmare game. Uh, which I understand with you're facing a very tactically adept uh technically a dead player who, like who did
2: he have in his in his like, in his wing?
0: Yeah, I understand and, and that's not his strong suit. Like everybody knows the best thing Munir does is Who's not defense. It? Um but just at this at the same time I felt like we really did rely a lot on numbers and mm-hmm. falling back and being able to outnumber them in certain areas of the pitch to be able to get the ball back. Um, like Guillaume said, prior Neymar, there was absolutely no intention to go forward. Di Maria had an absolute disaster class because um, I didn't see absolutely anything from him. Eh,
2: they got him out of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was
2: an anti Di Maria setup. I mean, a, it,
0: got, yeah. <laughs> it got to a point where I was like, I can't believe this guy's still on. Like, He hasn't done anything. I think that the the choice to put in Neymar at the half was a great choice. Um, you could even when he just came in, immediately two or three minutes after he came in, you could already see him uh, performing one-twos with other teammates, trying to look for passes, doing runs, beating players. So um, it, right, exactly. Creating something, creating something mm-hmm. that we hadn't seen um, before he came in. And even even if he was kind of sloppy and even if his touch wasn't the best, he still created chances and he still. At least, in my opinion, was the main man behind the equalizing goal. Um, so to see him get in there, not not fully fit and still be able to perform, I think that was amazing. I think the tactical decisions that Tuchel did throughout the game. I know he will, you know, be killed before he puts in Paredes. Um, he prefers Draxler, which I think was great once he came in. Yeah.
2: Um, did you see what Draxler did?
0: Yes, yes, he was. He was <laughs> Very, very solid. Um, when was
2: the last time he came off the bench and performed like this?
0: And I was going to say, he didn't even play his usual role um, of like, or what he prefers, which is more wide open. But what, you know, Tuchel did, put him in the middle, try to defend, try to hold that midfield down. And he performed the way he had to. Combinations happened and we managed to get the tie. So I think that's all on the manager, honestly. Choosing exactly what are the players that need to start and then choosing precisely who are the players that they needs to be changed throughout the game.
2: Neymar came in to hell, decided, second half, Neymar comes in. He was right. Draxler, Sarabia, mm-hmm. come in. Okay, Draxler, when, when Paris, when, <clears throat> when Madrid could not maintain this level of play, when we started to have solutions, Neymar was in a the, in the groove and offering solutions, creating a bit more. He hit Madrid where it hurt the most, also, Isco coming out, I still wonder why, but, and Val, um, Valverde came out too, why? Anyway. Um, he, and Hazard was injured. Well, Hazard was injured, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that helped, that helped a lot. You hate uh, to see um, it, but it did help. He, 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 hit, he hit them where it hurt the most. And, and, and Sarabia's goal, I mean, it's like to hell, right, right, mm-hmm. right. It's, he, of course, you know it doesn't always work like this. But he knew what was up. He reacted. He, I love, I love, I love I love, <laughs> I love this guy. I love this guy.
1: Yeah, we're coming up on, I would say, probably the most important stretch in PSG's history here. In the next couple months and Neymar's history. I mean, making to the semifinals could mean keeping Mbappe. Could potentially mean keeping Neymar if he performs well and stays healthy. I mean, we could keep these guys for another season if they can stay healthy, if we can advance. I mean, this is this is crucial time for PSG. And so I think seeing what you've got, how people are performing, and I think no matter what, if, if it's going to be three attacking players, Neymar has to be one of those three. And I think DiMarie is the player that sits. And he's been in incredible form this season, so having him coming off the bench could only be great things for us, um, whoever we draw, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I've got a question about that for you. So Neymar definitely helped – that second goal go through but it was keeler navas against his old team who made 10 save which i believe is his most since 2014-15 when he joined real madrid he was my man of the match i mean real madrid was just peppering his goal and he was just everywhere making stops and the two goals that he did let in there's nothing he could do i mean there was a point blank header and the other goal was like a ricochet off the post there's nothing he could do so is he your man of the match and do you think any of the previous PSG goalkeepers could have had this type of performance on this big of a stage? We'll go with uh, Kose this time.
0: Um. Well, he was to start off, he was definitely my man of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was absolutely blinding the manner in which he saved. I have never seen, and I we've seen this on Twitter, we've seen this um, being said by pundits, we've seen this being said by previous PSG players, never in history... Um. Apart from maybe Bernard Lama, have we ever seen a goalkeeper with Lama. this consistency um, in the in the PSG goal? And I think Navas to come up against your old club in their stadium uh, and perform the way that he did, mm-hmm. I think it's just more proof of the type of goalkeeper that we wanted to get and the one that we got. Um, the save that he had on Benzema after that, uh, you know, uh, wide cross, early cross, where he manages to get. Only second half. Yeah. Exactly, right at the start yeah. of the same yeah.
2: That's That's incredible,
0: uh, absolutely incredible
2: insane. save, in-
0: incredible
2: save. Watch I mean, it in slow-mo <laughs> again.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, no, he reads the ball perfectly as
2: it goes. He's falling down. He took the decision, he knows he's going to fall down, and he's like holding up, he's like controlling gravity or something. <laughs> he's not, he's falling down, but he's not. And then, oh my god, what a save. Yeah. Incredible. Um, I and just, that was it. Three 0 Yeah. Early, um, early second half. Three
0: 0 Exactly. And you knew, you knew that goal would have killed us. Um, oh. You knew that goal would have killed us. Even during the first half, Tony Cruz had several chances. Um, he's a great shot. Sure, um, but
2: none, none. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, because it's your time to talk.
0: About <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, I agree. Of course, none of the other, none of, none the, of other the other
2: saves were like, oh my god, this is, this is this um, is the save. That's
0: right. so I think that if it hadn't been for him, um, the dynamic of the game could have progressed very differently. Um, he always kept PSG in the match. Even in 2-0 down, that was still a very flattering result for what we had been seeing so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just overall incredibly happy. I don't think, honestly, that for much as I rate Ariola, because I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper, um, I don't think he would have been able to pull... This sort of performance. Um, I mean, the, the only recent great, great-ish performance that I can remember right now is um, the performance Trapp had against Chelsea on that first leg um, where, you know, like uh, Costa tried to score and it was a post and then he had like a double save and then that was a great game for him. But barring that, never have I ever seen this level of consistency from a goalkeeper at the PSG. This level of concentration because mm-hmm. you've seen it in league 1 games as well. Um, and I just can't wait to see what he'll do in the future.
1: I don't know if you can say it any better than that, Guillaume, but you want to go ahead and try?
2: Um, no, no, there's nothing. <laughs> I mean, I just watched uh, Atletico Barcelona. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, black and Tercegan, uh make make two un-freaking-believable, unbelievable mm-hmm. saves. And, and each each of these guys... That's what you get with uh, keepers at that level. So we shouldn't have to rely on our goalkeeper, blah, 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 blah. Watch all the great games. When you have players that level, your keeper is going to be a key. There's going to be one phase, one action where, you know, it's, it's an expected goal. Clear expected goal. It should be a goal. But then you have that level of goalkeeping and keeps you in the game. Um, uh, look, uh, watch the highlights of Atletico-Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona was completely dominated. And if Ter Stegen didn't have that save on, on um, the Morata header, phew, my God, the save <laughs> is unbelievable. 1-0 Atletico in Madrid against that defending team. Good luck. He kept Bar- Barcelona in the game. And they ended up winning the game actually. So yeah. Um I was I mean, again none of, of the saves he had were well good saves, mm-hmm. but that that the, that save on Benzema and the timing of it. Yeah. Can so I realized probably one of the best shot stoppers in the world. I mean, I still remember uh against Madrid, Ronaldo running straight at him. And he, 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 same thing, he, he's coming out of his uh, of his uh, goal, st- falling down, but controlling his fall. And he he, sh- he stopped, Ronaldo's sh- shot with his head. He took it in four because he's like six six, you know. Oh wow! So Areola can do this, and then, you know, you see if you if you see the highlights of Areola, you're like, wow, that guy's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. but he cannot maintain that that awareness focus. Yeah. A whole game, Navas can. Yeah, Navas has no problem doing this. That's the difference between keeping your team in the game and making a few incredible saves and then, oh, oops, goal. So that's we never had that. Uh, we do now.
1: Well, we we almost had wow. a chance to see Ariola against our against PSG. Yeah, I want to yeah. get your thoughts on the VAR situation. So obviously everyone has seen it, but. Icardi was taken down in the box by Thibaut Courtois, the penalty was given immediately, and then a red card was shown to Courtois. Then VAR intervened, the red card was taken back, and the penalty kick was voided, and Real Madrid got a free kick at about halfway, uh, half the pitch, and it was because... Gay apparently shoved Marcelo. Now, I've gone back, I've dissected this thing like the Zapruder film, and you can see the official watching. He's five feet away from the foul between Idrissa Gay and Marcelo, and he waves at Marcelo and says, Get up. Like he's, he's seen it play on. It's, he's not 50 <laughs> yards away. He's not looking somewhere else. He's looking directly at it. And then only when someone is in his earpiece. Does he decide, oh, yeah, well, that's a foul. Let's bring everything back. So I want to get your thoughts on, and we'll start with you on first. What do you make of this VAR decision, and can we just get rid of it? Because Real Madrid has consistently benefited from calls that anyone with a brain can just look and see that VAR is getting it wrong, but they still get the benefit of the doubt. And I also want to know, like, this call where you can take back a penalty because of something that happened way up the pitch, is ridiculous. I don't know how much NFL you watch, but if there's a pass interference and someone challenges it, they look at that play. They don't say, oh, there was holding by the the right tackle, so let's just void the whole thing. Nothing happened. I mean, it's it's ludicrous the way the rules are set up, and I don't know how the red card was taken back. I kind of joked and said, well, what if Courtois took his boot off and clubbed someone in the head? Does he get to stay on the pitch? You know, does everything after that foul, Idrissa Gay and Marcelo, just not happen at all? You know, he did take him down in the box. He should have been sent off I don't know how you just no. take that. And now I'm just no, rambling. No, no. But the whole situation.
2: That's, that's why. That's the – that's – so I don't know why the wife goes red. <laughs> yeah. He, he loses his – it's not a red. It's a yellow. OK. So then – then <sighs> – Like Oh shit. Okay. No, uh, that's not a red. That's a yellow. Yeah. Uh, how can I get out of this? Um, Madrid Mm -hmm. biggest club in the world, 85,000 people, millions of viewers. Sergio Ramos is screaming at you like a madman. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to use VAR. We're going to try to find something. Oh, oh yeah. In 1977, Idrissa Gade wrote a letter, and he was really, really mean in that letter to his little friend in high school. Okay, goal dismissed. Uh, No red card. Thank God. And are are we surprised? Yeah, we're surprised it's still going on, but remember how we lost the game against uh, Manchester United last year? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like, is that what? No, you don't. No, that gray zone of the handball thing. You don't, you don't eliminate a club mm-hmm. with everything that, that's at stake financially. You know, on that, you do not. Oh, no, you do? Um, because, you know, it's, it's Manchester United, one of the yeah. greatest clubs, blah, 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 blah. So the big clubs are protected. Barcelona, protected. Real Madrid, protected. Manchester United, protected. Paris Saint-Germain, not protected. Chelsea, remember Chelsea mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. Barcelona?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What did Drogba say? What, yeah,
1: it's it it a, a sham or something he said. No, it's a disgrace. A disgrace, yeah. A
2: disgrace. And protected. at the time, they were the protected. new kids protected. on the block. Protected, 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 protected. All the time, all the time. VAR or no VAR? Let's not yell at VAR. VAR is just like showing you what happened in slow-mo. It's the interpretation. At mm-hmm. the end, it's it's not VAR. It's the refs. It's the the, you know... And uh, UEFA has no problem protecting the big clubs. Why wouldn't you protect the big clubs? But surely. So on top of everything else, our yeah. lack of tradition, of excellency three years, blah blah blah. We have we have this to fight against. Well, Manchester City does too. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, Chelsea had for years, and um, it's not the end of the world. It's it's really frustrating. But yeah, that's that's laughable. It's pathetic. It, it's VAR. It,
1: pathetic. It, it's pathetic. And VAR is just too vague. And I, and to your point, I don't know why PSG doesn't get some of the benefit of the doubt in, in Mbappe and Neymar. They have the two most marketable players in the world. They, they should want them to get to the final. It's, it's a TV show.
2: That's <laughs> it's crazy. money. Remember the first leg. Yeah. Two goals disabled by VAR mm. against us by Madrid. So we can't, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, Rarely happens, too. In Paris, VAR cancelled two goals Madrid scored. One, because Bell in his weird thing, you know, handball. The second one, there was a vague, like, it was hard to to see the offside position of Valverde mm-hmm. created, uh, you know, slow down the uh, uh, Kimpembe, I think. Like, was, Block couldn't do anything. Uh, in normal speed, you couldn't see any of that. So, uh, yeah. So that was the right call by VR and the, the ref, you know, so, but yeah, there's, there's the protection of the great traditional clubs of Europe, uh, whatever you have, t- you know, 10,000 judges with 20,000 slow-mo cameras at the end, it's, it's a human decision. Yeah. So, so a,
1: you can tell we get fired up about this. Are you as fired up as we are?
0: Oh, I was livid. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was livid and... I will tell you something. I I agree with him one hundred percent. I do not think the initial foul was a red card, mm. um, especially because if I'm not wrong, Carvajal is actually behind Courtois when he commits the foul. So I think he's he's not even last man at that point. Mm. Um, yeah. So I agree that the red card was a little bit yeah was a little bit uh, too extreme for the situation. Um, I it makes total sense that he tried washing his hands with the foul. Um, he didn't want to get into that uh, big controversy of you know there was a foul before Madrid would have never let that live down. Um, but I do have to agree that the foul is a, a complete excuse. Um, the referee was there when it happened. He waved on to continue the play um, even in the repetition. I think what what breaks what makes or breaks the foul is the fact that um, Ghana puts his hands on Marcelo. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, And so that's what makes it really easy for the ref to just say, no, this was a foul. Um, But if you actually see the foul, Marcelo manages to make a full turn and see Ghana before he's like, oh, I lost this ball, I better fall down. Um, And so then it's obvious at that point, I think it's obvious that he was looking for the foul, um, which makes it unacceptable Mm -hmm. that the call was called back. Um, I think it just sh- they should have just called back the red card, give Courtois a yellow card, let Madrid keep their the eleven players. Um, but the penalty was definitely a penalty, and to see that
2: <sighs> <laughs> Icardi, is pretty smart on this. You yeah, know, he, the more it goes, these guys know Argentinian well. Argentinian and Italians are very similar. If I'm <laughs> In, anyways, on on the football pitch, He's it's like of- okay, okay, it's a penalty. But look at these. Look at his right leg going, oh,
0: he was falling before, he was falling before. before. But I think the contact was definitely there. Uh, The contact was definitely there.
2: Mm -hmm. So it was a 50-50 call. Right. Some refs, and and we've seen it before. Some refs, you know, okay, 60-40. So... We got the call and then red card. I'm like, whoa, it's Christmas. Yeah. Oh, no, no. no, no. <laughs> you're You're nothing. You're a worm. Shut up. you. Yeah, give it to you and then <laughs> take it back. It
1: was a crazy little spell there, like a five minute, like red card, penalty. No, VAR. What's going on? It was crazy.
0: Yeah, so I don't, I think. I mean, I love VAR for 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 as much as it's been cruel to us because it has. Um, there's also, I think, great things that come with it. It's still not perfect. We need to keep improving it, but if if we can use it in a way that has been established in the precedent and keep improving it to make it more accurate every time, mm-hmm. um, I think it's 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 worth the it's worth the suffering.
1: Worth the suffering. It's kind of how you would describe your PSG fandom. Worth the suffering. <laughs> Um, let's look ahead a little bit, um, as we kind of wrap up this episode, I want to know with one game remaining in the group stage, when you look at the standings, obviously there'll be some shuffling, but we kind of have an idea of who we could potentially play. Who do you, who do you want to play? And then who do you think will draw, uh, in the knockout stage? And I'm pulling up the standings right now and I can kind of run down some of the teams here for you. So it looks like Tottenham is going to be finishing in second We've got either Shakhtar, Donetsk, or Dynamo Zagreb could be finishing second. Um, Atletico Madrid or Bayer Leverkusen could be finishing second in their group. Uh, looks like Napoli or uh, Red Liverpool. Bull.
2: Yeah. Or could maybe even second? Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, could be either one of those. You've got Inter Milan or Dortmund could finish second in their group. Leon or Zenit could finish there. And then uh, looking here, either Valencia or Chelsea. So... Again, a lot could change, but is there a team there that you you would like to see us draw? Are you hoping for an easier draw, maybe? Or you want to just, whoever the best of the best, and let's just beat them. Um, We'll go with uh, Kosei.
0: Well, my ideal matchup would be um, Valencia beats Ajax on the last day um, of the Champions League group stage. They go through in second or first, depending on what Chelsea get, and then we get them, and I get to see my two favorite teams play each other for a Champions League um, second round. Yeah. But uh, I know that's not going to happen. You know, Q Atletico Madrid right now, you know, we're going to get them. Um, I think. They're always trying to pin the hardest one on us, and I just see us having to go to the Wanda and having to play them. Um, The good thing is that I think we can face any of the teams that get handed to us. Um, We really did make it uh, our mission to finish first in the group. We managed to do that, played two great games against Madrid, Um, did what we had to do against Bruges, uh, even though it cost us more than we would have liked at some point, but you know, we got the job done. And I think that that sets us up in a position where we could potentially get um, an easier draw for, for next round. Which I think is something positive um, mm-hmm. as long as we make it count. And as long as we show up and we play what we're supposed to play. Um, you know, sparing us the embarrassment of what was um, our Champions League exit last year. Which was supposedly against a team that was not on the same level as we were. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: yeah. So obviously, my ideal matchup would be the Valencia, but I think we're we're gonna see one of the harder teams, whether that's Spurs or Atleti, mm-hmm. come come to the park, and then we we'll have to we we'll have to go to the
1: to their stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Guillem, what do you think?
2: No, I mean we we always pick a big team, in, in, and and it's it's becoming statistically improbable. So. Um,
1: What's the big team that you think we'll get? Atletico.
2: well eventually eventually we we're not going to get a big team mm-hmm. remember when we we had valencia and neverkerson years ago mm-hmm. it was yeah. nice right yeah. well they, they're back would be great um shaktar they're not bad at all but well going to most to um ukraine may not mm-hmm. be yeah that but...
1: in, in february or whatever the in february yeah <laughs> a hard team
2: they are a hard team. But I mean, at that level, they, they all. Valencia, they, no, no, no joke. Even if, you know, we would probably manage okay against Valencia, against Everkinson. Um Dortmund, defensively, mm-hmm. they would score against us. But defensively, with our, um, uh, you know, Formula One's up front, they would struggle. Um, thank God. Um, did you watch Barcelona Dortmund? Uh- uh- I saw the highlights of it.: um, Did you see how Dortmund suffered? I mean, they, 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 they were completely overwhelmed, so yeah. Um, so one of these teams, I would love Dortmund, I would love um, Valencia and Leverkusen, because it's um, we exhausted, and I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know if a couple of months is going to be enough to get the team back. I have the feeling oh my God, I'm going to jinx it. <laughs> It's not impossible that if we go through the round of, um, the, how do you say, the, 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 the eighth of fan, final?
0: So yeah. right the, no, 16,
2: yeah. You know, yeah, round of 16. Um, we get somewhat a team in decent shape for the quarterfinals. All of our starters, you know, by that time, not too many injuries, good shape. Now, um, if we have a, a full team against one of the top teams, yes, of course we have a chance. Um, early like this, considering how exhausted we we looked. So it'd be nice to have a, to have an easier draw, uh, you know. But mm-hmm. you know that if Liverpool finish it, they finish second. We're mm-hmm. gonna get them.
1: Yeah, I think we're destined for a Premier League side. I think it's going to be Tottenham with just Jose Mourinho. I think yeah. the, the link between <laughs> the two, and I almost would prefer them because I think we're better. We could be I think we could beat them. It's a short trip, just with our fatigue issues and injuries and all that. And it's a new stadium, stadium. Been in London
2: many times,
1: so I, I I would welcome a draw against Spurs. I think that'd be great. A lot of attention. I wouldn't have to pay two ninety nine to stream that. It'd probably be on the main channel here in the United States. So I, I'm hoping for Tottenham. I think we could get them. I think they're a good side. Atletico, I think we could struggle against. It would be fun if Dortmund can get into that second place over um, Inter Milan if they and then go uh, Tuchel can play his old team. I think that would be fun. A um, lot of really interesting matchups. So we'll just have to wait and see. Chelsea could sneak into that second oh, um, no, spot over no, Valencia. No, no. And oh, how many boy. times have we seen Chelsea in the knockout <sighs> stage and you're going to have Pulisic and... All their youngsters, Tammy Abraham, so that could be difficult. Be
0: Her best chance yet, though, against them.
1: Call yeah. Gay. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so lots to look forward to. Um, with that, in the upcoming January transfer window, there's been. Tonali and Allen, a couple of midfielders. I think Tuchel came out recently and said we don't need a midfielder, but I kind of think we do. Mm-hmm. Is there a January signing that you think would have an immediate impact in the Champions League? I mean, we've seen Draxler and Paredes, I believe, coming in the January transfer window and neither have really contributed that much in the Champions League thus far, but is there could it change this January or do you think maybe a fullback? Is there any world-class fullbacks out there that we could target? We'll go with uh, Kose.
0: Um, why don't we get Dani Alves?
1: i don't know he kind of had some stuff to say about paris didn't he where he said like people in paris are racist or something
0: yeah he said it's like a great city to be like to to be a tourist at, but not not a great city to live in that's what it was yeah um i think that's a lot of talk for somebody who played like he played when he came over to paris but um (laughs)
2: Tony Alves is, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what he does. That's what he does. Um, I honestly don't see us bringing in anybody new. Um, I think we finally have the goalkeeper we need. Mm-hmm. Um, Thiago Silva's playing out of his skin. Um, hopefully, he can get, you know, the minor defensive issues with Team Pembe sorted out. Um, but other than that, I think all or, all or most of our players are performing um, close to whatever we want them to. We just need to get them physically there. Um, Honestly, my biggest Christmas wish, more than a signing, is just to see a lot of rotation and see a lot of youngsters being called up into the squad and, um, you know, playing young kids, giving, um, you know, Sarabia, Draxler, Rico, Paredes, all of them minutes. Um, I know they're quality players, and with some consistency, they can start showing that um, to just even improve the the amount of options that Tuchel has to choose, um, you know, should the worst come and you would have to look at, at, at other options that we have um, I think that a great example of that was what United did with Asana just before mm-hmm. when they were already qualified and they set out an under 19 um, to play Asana and I think that that is the type of game that we have to play because we're ahead in the league we're probably going to face some second tier future opposition in the mm-hmm. in the cups this season um, and giving those players the rotation and the time that they need I think is a win for everybody
2: at the club
1: Fantastic, Guillaume. Anyone in particular, you have your eye on yeah. Alan? I know you're a fan so, of... So,
2: I mean, uh, we, as usual, we don't know mm-hmm. money-wise what the deal is. Um, let's say, so Paredes, I like Cossé, I like the player, but, you know, um, considering that that might be the season to really try, we could try to offload him. He uh, he's had a great Copa America. He's a starter with, with Argentina is probably syllable around thirty million. No, my dream, I mean again the, the the French media said that that game against Madrid was clearly the end of the gay marquinhos Verati midfield. <laughs> it was one game. So what he showed that is is that yes, against that level of, of play with that type of midfield a midfield that's very mobile and very active and plays with one, one two touches, we don't have the tools. And, and, and so against Bayern, we would suffer a lot. Against Barcelona, of course, we would suffer a lot in that aspect of the game. And we don't have a counter. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of it, <sighs> Kimpembe, Kimpembe is great. Um, it's great to have in, in, a, in a team roster, but when your captain shows you the guy who's unmarked and you're like, oh, yeah. And the guy who's unmarked is still unmarked, wide open in front of the goal and goes, "Go." In the Champions League. No, no, no. Mm. He's right here. And you watch, watch the slow-mo. Pembe. Benzema did this. Goal. No. Um, so I still believe uh, Marquinhos-Silva uh, is a better pair than, than Pembe silva mm-hmm. um, Marquinhos is a, is, a, is a top central defender. They are, especially against a mobile team like this. So you take Marquinhos back to central midfield, well, we're, we're in trouble in midfield, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Marquinhos did finish yeah. 28th in the Ballon d'Or, so, I mean, he's...
2: I mean, putting Marquinhos in the Ballon d'Or, but not Thiago Silva, is yeah. but anyway, yeah, um, uh, yeah no, uh, my, my dream would be uh, Milinkovic-Savic from Lazio, mm-hmm. The guy, also, um, we have one other big, big weakness in midfield, it's height, uh, and if you think it's not a big deal, uh, it's a big deal. Uh, that allows the central defender of the opposition to do long balls. And if the, they have a partner in midfield who's mm-hmm. he's going to be the anchor and get the ball. Gay, Verati, uh, Marquinhos, May. So Savage is, uh, I mean, everybody wants him for a good reason. He's, um, he's an excellent short and long passer. He's, uh, he's 6'4, he's a mean tackler. He's got a mean shot. He runs, like a, he runs everywhere. Um, he's, he's an amazing overall midfielder. He can defend. He's a, he's a bit like Tony Kroos. Yeah. He's it's very would, expensive, but he would help us. It'd be a, 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 another uh, card in the game for Tuchel to counter a team, you know. And he's the
1: type of player that I think could come in immediately and make an impact, whereas Tonali, I'm not positive he would be able to, and I think Allen would be too expensive. And we know Leonardo does like players in Serie A. That's where he came from, and AC Milan. Tonali
2: is amazing. Yeah. He'd be to replace Veratti when Veratti's is injured. Yeah,
1: we can go back and get him. Um, yeah. But... I mentioned yeah. before this is a crucial time for PSG, just needing to advance far in the Champions League. So maybe in January you you let go of some of the youngsters that people are kind of wanting. Uh, in January you let them go, build up some reserve, maybe send, sell them for ten, fifteen, and then go in and, and splash the cash. We don't
2: have team. any any youngsters in. We sold them all. <laughs> we got a few. We got a couple more. We, got, we still got a few. Um, by the way, Kara oh, should be yeah. back, guys. Remember Kara? Yeah, yeah, he's so back. We we oh, we still... remember Kara for his, his uh, assists. <laughs> Julukaku, right? Yeah. Um <laughs> so that that's bad. That still hurts. Ah it hurts. Yeah. But remember also the good side of Kerr as a right uh football, fullback. Like defensively. Oh boom, boom, that's Kerr. Boom! Boom. <laughs> so he's against some very physical team, if you have like Kimpembe Kerr in your back in your back four. Boom, boom! Yeah. You know, uh, he he can play central defense on the right. He can't play midfield.
0: I was gonna say the resume said uh, number number six, but still haven't been able to see that. Yeah, yet. no,
2: we haven't seen. He's an interesting player, guys. Mm-hmm. He's a very interesting player, and we need help uh, with that. Yes, position. he made a huge mistake. Kimpebe made a huge, you know, sure. But he's um, you know, he's he's been away for what six months mm-hmm. now. Um, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be, it's gonna be great to, to see him back. Uh, good option. So we don't. I don't think we need a fullback in this winter uh, transfer window. Another. Midf- if we get Allen on a loan, I would take that, that. I would take. I would take that. I would take that. I would take that. With maybe an uh, option but, or uh,
1: obligation to buy?
2: Milikovic Mini, Mini Savage is very expensive. Yeah. But oh my
1: God. I mean, perfect.
2: you you, you ask me what my wish is. <laughs> That's, That's a... what I want. That's on, on your Let's... Christmas list. Tell Paradise get get Savage he would he would join no yeah. problem he would join of course
1: <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up here we didn't get too many questions I kind of put a call out a little bit late but someone did ask uh, at Sam Sports underscore and they wanted to know what we thought of the new kit the kit leaks for next season this is with the Hector designs kind of a throwback it's gonna have the the Accor Live Limitless or whatever I think there was some speculation that maybe for the fiftieth anniversary they would go with no sponsor but they're spending a lot of money, so of course not, they're going to do that. Not be there. with
2: the amount of money according yeah. club, no. <laughs> <There's>, That's <laughs>
1: going to be there. But tell me what you think of the kit. And then also, is there something that you would like to see the club do for the 50th anniversary? Um, we'll go Guillaume first.
2: For the 50th? Yeah, let yeah. us interview their female players. Uh, yeah, yeah. Choice. No, Bring us use.
1: into the club. We're, we're friendly. We we'll would f- like
2: to <laughs> interview um, your... Uh, English-speaking
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, women team players. And Absolutely. we have good ideas for that, and that'd be awesome. We rarely, or oh, what am I saying? We don't speak, talk mm-hmm. about the women team at all. And the sport is growing. We'd love to do that. So for the 50th anniversary, yeah, which is coming up, let us interview your um, uh, women team. Uh, anything else? No, just a nice party. Bring bring back George. want mm-hmm. to see George. Where yeah. Uh, get the, the president of Liberia in the party, <laughs> uh, get Rai, get uh, Safet Sušić. get all the great... Ronaldinho, yeah, he'd be super happy to Yeah, that'd be so fun to see David that. Beckham? Be... No. Well, I'm sure. He yeah, will. he was here. Uh, Ibrahimovic? <laughs> yeah. That... He loves the club. He loves the club. He loves the club, yeah. Uh, Ibrahimovic, imagine that. Mm-hmm a Ibrahimovic, Suzec, Ronaldinho, everybody there and be, yeah, that'd be that'd be cute. Yeah. That'd be nice. Jose,
1: thoughts on the, the new old kid, I guess. And then anything that you would like to see the club do for the fiftieth anniversary next season?
0: Right. I mean I saw the leak. Um I thought I didn't think it was, you know, anything amazing. It mm-hmm. is it really is uh very reminiscent of, you know, older times. Um but that's kind of how I felt with this in going into this season, um, and it's really grown into me, um, you know, like the little, the little neck flaps. And obviously the white kit is absolutely beautiful. Um, so I, I just trust the way in which they want to execute this, um, and we'll have to see whatever they pull out. Like I said, I wasn't extremely happy with the one we're using now, and now I feel a lot more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe after it's released, the next version will, will you know, grow, on us all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then for the 50th anniversary, I mean, I had I hadn't even thought about uh, what Guillaume said, but I think that's an incredible idea. Um, especially because I love I love the the PSG feminine. I think they're a great team. Um, they have great players. One of my favorite uh, women players, Hannah Glass, um, plays for them. Obviously, um, she had a great role at the World Cup. And especially after seeing so much incredible soccer, not only at the Women's World Cup. But at the Women's Champions League, every year we're seeing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, better football, better tacticians, better strategies, um, and and just a better quality overall of the game. I think it has a lot to give, and for us to get into that market early on, I think is nothing but wise.
1: I did see something from BN Sports and uh, Sports; they have a new streaming service or something, and they're going to be offering some PSG Women's games that you'll be able to view. I'm going to look more into that and write a piece on that because I think that's the biggest complaint is here in the United States, and pretty much anywhere it's hard to know when they're playing and how to watch it and so if they could just make that more accessible i think more people would watch it and be like all of us and like these women can really play like we need to be covering that so hopefully
2: and and, and, and another if i may um you know the 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 ultras Mm -hmm. were banned from the Parc des princes for years um we we talked about it and we had a podcast Mm -hmm. about it And when it happened, um, well, they were deprived of football and they felt terrible. So they went to Stade Mm Charletti, where the women, Paris Saint-Germain women team plays, and they started supporting the team. And then, uh, thank God, to to our our, our club uh, leaders, they managed to get the ultras back to Parc des Princes. But the ultras never stopped encouraging the women team. Mm -hmm. So that, that in that transition between being banned from Parc des Princes and, and returning to Parc des Princes, they fell in love with the women team. And if you go to YouTube and, and, and see a few, you will see like 200 ultras singing and dancing and there's a new bond between the women team and the ultras and the, the, the bond is not broken, it's still there. So now the ultras are very busy supporting both the, the men and women team. It's kind of a nice story. And interrupting
1: uh, concerts, apparently. Yes. <laughs> at least some some rogue members of the Ultras did that. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that's our show. Thank you so much. If you gonna want to just run down, Guillaume, just mention your Twitter handle and how people can find you.
2: Off the door one on Twitter. Perfect.
1: And Kose?
0: Um, if you like PSG and La Liga, you can just find me at, um, at Kose Espinoza. Wonderful. And I'm always at, at PSG
1: Talk everywhere, Twitter, YouTube, You'll find me. Instagram, give us a follow. YouTube channel, Guillaume does wonderful things there. So give us a follow and uh, we'll try to do another one of these uh, sooner than we did before. So thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next time.